welcome to Joe Talks Comics. This is the podcast where I talk events about the comics. We've been really enjoying that lately, plus occasional solo episodes and character interviews. This week, I talked with Fantiago from the Lego Comic Geeks about the DC miniseries Deceased. Um, as I mentioned in the episode, written by Tom Taylor, art by Trevor Hairseen, inks by Stefano Gaudiano, and colouring by Rain um, Bolido and lettering by Saida Tamifonte, I hope I pronounced those all correctly. But yeah, this was a miniseries that ran back in 2019, and then span off into um, various other like miniseries, and so it's got its whole own universe now. And so we talk a bit about that in relation to the series. But yeah, just the, it's quite nice because it's part um, the usual conversation, where we talk about like, the writing and the art and the pacing, etc. And then also about a couple of anything else that we've read within this universe, anything else that's related, like we use it as a bit of a springboard to talk about a couple of other things, involving the ideas of legacy within the comic and in the universe. And yeah, generally it, it was a fun conversation. It's always fun to have someone new on. So yeah, I, I hope you enjoy. And also this is a non-spoiler conversation. So if you haven't read the book, then hopefully this will convince you. We, we, we allude to a couple of things very vaguely, but hopefully, yeah, you know, the idea is to not have them spoil it at all, really. Hopefully, so yeah. Again, I hope you enjoy. As always, I'll see you on the other side. So, Santiago, uh, Tony, welcome to the podcast. It's it's good to have you here. Thank you. Nice being here. Yeah, it's nice to not to get on an immediate tangent, but it's probably, in fact, it's definitely the shortest like smallest time difference i've had to record with that's not just with that within england it's not just like the same time zone as me so um yeah yeah that's that's yeah. good that you don't have yeah. to manage uh the different time zones uh is it hard to to uh manage all those time zones i mean it it, it can be a bit of a um uh, overthinking it sometimes in terms of like the like the mass of working out the different times, but I suppose I just try and keep it, try and just like handle it case by case, and then if I if I just know like what it is for each one when each one comes round, then it's it, it's it's okay. But yeah, because this time of that from Germany to England, it's only like one hour, so it makes a change from the like several several hours in like America or whatever. Wherever. What was your biggest time difference you had? Uh, I think. There's a there's a couple of people and uh, I think it's like the the the, the, the um, mountain time zones and the Pacific time zones are like seven eight hours, um, which is sort of quite severe because it, it would be recording at like seven p.m. for me in the evening and it's like lunchtime for them or even earlier. So and and it, you know of course there are other time zones where it's more like five six hours so it's like much shorter so it depends i suppose it depends on which coast of the u.s or where in the u.s they are is there any time zone where it's um a huge struggle to get a, a good uh recording time not so far it, it becomes a bit of a problem when um because of course it, i can't really record in the evening american time for anyone because uh, i have to make it so that I have to find a time when if i'm recording with someone an american guest that they can do it during the day for them because of course like the the evening for them is, is like 
the uh, it might be early in the morning for me, like maybe like midnight, one a.m., two a.m. So of course that's a bit late. So uh, I try to um, make make sure to work it out. But hopefully so far it's it's, it's worked out. That's cool. Yeah, mm. yeah. To so first of all, um, I'm always curious when I have new guests on the podcast and learning about how they first got into comics in the first place so how did you uh well i started off with uh, manga because that's something here in germany that was um in my teenage years uh getting bigger here and so i started reading manga comics and there was for me there was no big difference uh at first but then i noticed okay there are comics and there are mangas even though both are comics um and uh then i stopped later and i tried to read uh, american comics uh, about 2010 ar- around 2010 and uh i tried getting into it but it was a bit hard uh to get into it because um i noticed that there is a huge universe and that you um can read a single uh storyline but um especially with the superhero comics with the um the big two uh marvel and dc um that you have uh to not only read one uh comic but uh, multiple to be into it and uh i would have read the one uh, series i read at the time uh it was red robin um but it stopped uh and there was the new 52 and then i thought about uh should i get it uh into it or shouldn't i and then um i i was a student at the time so i um hadn't had the money to get into it and also if i would uh, keep on uh, buying uh, books and issues uh, there would have be a problem with uh, space because i had a small flat uh, at the time which was just one room and uh, so i stopped reading it and uh, only read uh, later on um, issues i got from a friend uh, like uh, the young uh, avengers i got from a friend and read them but um uh it was not uh um regularly that i read it and now um i got into it because of the pandemic and i um started to um read fan fictions about uh the bad family and uh all the stuff and then i um looked it up and uh, saw all the artwork and all uh the chit chat on the internet about uh the new frontier and no it was infinite frontier and mm. that got me interested especially um the nightwing run from tom taylor and i wanted to read it so much so i started looking up where i can get it and i got uh i saw that i could read them online on comicsology and started reading digitally at first and um this was my starting uh my entry point into it and then from there on out i read multiple issues and um now i got a job and i have the money to get the issues so um i would have um i would still read them digitally but um uh, the um comic solidity changed um its desktop view and all uh, that and i was so mad at first 
that I started looking out where uh, I can yeah. get, yeah, where I can get the issues uh, in uh, print, and was surprised that it was very easy for me. Um, that in Germany it's really easy to get uh, print issues, and not that far behind. Um, about nice. a week. Or to a month, uh, I get a monthly th subscription and I'm about a month behind uh, the issues uh, that get out in, um, in the US. So, um, yeah, and I'm a huge DC fangirl, um, but also like other um, uh, comics. And uh, now that I, um, I branch out a bit into the um, indie comics, um, especially after hearing this podcast. Um, oh, I got you. into, <laughs> uh, I got to uh, other comics um, as well. So that's how I got into comics. Nice, nice, yeah. I think you touched on a lot of good points there that are often points um, not sometimes belaboured. In, in the community with like the availability of manga in, in comparison to single issue comic books and in terms of like bookstores and also the ideas of the like reboots and everything with like the new 52 and the whole mess of like jumping on points and where to like well jump on and, and like with the, you mentioned about like infinite frontier with like nightwing and and just sort of like looking back through your um, comics to get to know me list on the good comic geeks and there's lots of like fun stuff on there and it, I think it's always nice when um well this isn't what I was going to say but for one it is always nice when seeing lots of stuff on there that I enjoyed myself and also some stuff that I need to read like say Red Robin but also I do feel like when you talked about the um single issues you can get in Germany I always feel quite lucky here in England and I suppose in the, they get them in the UK in general when with the setup we have with like I guess it's still Diamond UK and they have the like deal and arrangement with like the, the US counterparts and the US distributors where they're um I guess the comics are brought over in bulk and then they, they can be like distributed like affordably throughout the UK so that the comic book stores aren't having to pay an exorbitant amounts to get them like from the US originally because of course um, if every comic book store here in, in the UK had to like separately order comics from the US that postage would just be, be insane and pro probably make comic book stores over here un unfeasible but to, to, to have that availability here is yeah something I'm always grateful for yeah I mean, we have here uh, translations of the comics as well, right. but yeah. it's because not everyone is uh, um, good enough with his English to understand uh, English comics, um, but uh, you can get the US comics as well very easily. You have to go to a certain store or to a certain website to get it, but it's not hard to get it. Yeah, and then Leading on from that, before we get into talking more about Deceased, uh, I mean, I'm curious on where you've first found out about um, that series. I, um, about Deceased is itself? Yeah. It's a comic. You, you first read uh, it. When I first read it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, yeah, actually, I didn't read it at first. 
uh, I watched um, a YouTube video about it uh, where where the story was um, told. And yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, and uh, later on, I uh, liked it enough, and also the third um, part of it was announced, and then I wanted to reread again. But actually, there um, I got the first uh, issue of Deceased, so the first uh, trade, um, as a gift from my nephew, um, my foreign four-year-old nephew um, uh, looked um, in a store and got me a Batman comic and this was the one he uh, got me for my birthday. So, um, um, I mean, after that I had to read it. Um, um, and um, yeah, it's not that long ago. I read it first time uh, about half a year ago. Yeah. When when did you read it first? Yeah, so I, I first started reading Sync. I first started picking up Singular Shoes, I should say, in 2018. And then I was all reading comics for a year or two before that. So then 2019, when Deceased first came out, was sort of my second proper year of re- like picking up, going to the com- comic book store every week. And so um. it was a series that I remember when it like first came out and then for some reason I didn't like pick it up or go for it there's, there's a lot of series from that sort of time frame like uh, that I I've, I've read now that I still think about where it's like I, I must have saw that or I know I did see that on the shelf but I just didn't go for it and it was one of those because then also later on when I um when there were more issues out I, I remember like seeing like the first few issues and I was really considering buying them to sort of like, because I, I was at that point where I, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to pick up the issues, like catch up that way, and then buy the rest as they came out, or just wait for the inevitable collection. But I, I decided to just wait and not read it that way. But then it was nice because the, yeah, I, I mean, th- looking at the dates on the good comic geeks, yeah, the hardcover came out really quickly because the final issue came out like at the end of October and the hardcover came out like uh, a week or two before the end of November. So uh, I got that for Christmas, which was nice. And then... Oh, that's um, cool. 20... Yeah, it, it, it was nice to... Just like a, a standard size hardcover. And then as I read it in 2020 and I absolutely loved it. And uh, to this day, I, I would like a... It would be really cool to have a massive... I don't know if you've heard. I don't know if you've seen them around on on the league and just in general. But like the omnibus collections, where they have loads of uh, like a massive hardcover yeah. with loads of series in one book. It'd be nice to have like all the deceased universe series in like one yeah. oversized omnibus. That'd be really nice. But, yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, I think when the last uh, part is over, it's uh, something we can look forward to. Pretty sure we get Hopefully. a huge omnibus with every uh, deceased issue. Yeah. yeah, it's like with the um, Sean Murphy Batman White Knight series, and now that universe is expanding. It's like a, that's another one, which is like a series of mini series, which I want a omnibus for. And it's when they keep announcing new things, it's like ah, oh, but uh, I like I don't want it to be done, but. Also, it'd be nice like when it's done to hopefully get an omnibus for it and have it all in um, 
one book, especially if it's like multiple different miniseries. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You you want to have it uh, all finished, but on the other hand, then it's finished. You don't get new stuff of it. So it's yeah. uh, good and sad at the same time. Yeah. I can't remember how much experience I'd had with Tom Taylor's writing before that, because I was reading, let's see, I think the, the, the Suicide Squad with Bruno yeah. Redondo came out yeah that yeah that's that was that started late 2019 and so i read that and then later on i read all new wolverine and of course like various other things so it it, it was nice and, and oh, of course injustice as well and so yeah. lots of hmm, he has that reputation as like the alternate universe um writer at, at times he's written more main continuity stuff since then but yeah uh i only uh read uh nightwing before that um oh, yeah, of course nightwing as well yeah <laughs> but yeah. uh that's because i uh only read this also really read it um just half a year ago um yeah that's fair. yeah but um i like tom taylor's writing especially with um his um alternate universes like uh mm. dark knights of steel with um, disease yes. Yeah, it's the same that it seems like to be easier to create um, uh, high stakes for uh, those um, alternate universes because um, it's it if someone dies, he really dies and not like in the main continuity where, you know, even though someone might be in danger, uh, they won't be dead forever. And I think yeah. this... Yeah, I think that's um, something that uh, makes Deceased really interesting because uh, in the first few pages, there are many characters who died. And then later on, you uh, only see how their death impacts others. But um, there are just a few who really come back. Yeah, and I think this... Uh, I always write... I mentioned this in another episode which might, might not be out yet for this, but anyway, point being, it's like I, I, I write non-spoiler reviews and I like to um, not spoil things in, in episodes because like the whole point is to try and get people to like re read the books themselves and to recommend it. So I think this will probably be a, a non-spoiler um, conversation. So I'll, I'll try not to... <laughs> um, like, tell exactly what happens, but but yeah, it's it's exactly like you say, where towards the the start of of, of the series, um, it, it, it's it's something that like, happens where it's sort of like trying Tom Taylor trying to show that no one is safe, and it doesn't necessarily feel like something that's done just for shock value, because I know that can come up in like fiction when when characters are suddenly killed off and it sometimes yeah. it feels a bit cheap but as yeah. you say here as you said when it, we can feel like the emotional um like fallout i guess of that death and like what it means to the characters and it feels well developed and actually um dramatic and it has stakes in a way that things don't necessarily have in the main universe yeah. And I think uh, Tom Taylor is really good in pacing those moments. Uh, in Deceased, you have those really fun moments. And later on, then you have those moments where something bad happens. And 
oftentimes after that you have those moments where the characters uh you see the impact uh it had on them and i think it's really good to to have all those various moments because it makes it feel more real to the reader yeah and i i managed to reread the book before recording just to make sure it was fresh in my mind and it it, it surprised me how fast paced it was in, in that it, it felt like it uh, took me um not not that long to read i mean it took me like an hour or so so not exactly like nothing but probably less than before and it, it's really cool how it feels you mentioned the pacing like it feels fast paced but uh, as i said in my notes it doesn't feel rushed it's like frantic but like effective and the way it like heightens the tension and the atmosphere where there'll be moments when uh, yeah like something dramatic happens to one of the characters or, or with the zombies and then there'll be like an, an emotional moment and then there'll be like a like a tense moment and then like a like a conversation and and it, it doesn't ever feel um like nothing feels like clunky or out of place it all, it all feels like it works together and it's like nicely, yeah, like paced and organized. Uh, when I first read it, uh, I had the same feeling that it was really fast paced and I was astonished that it was so fast paced, but still managed to have all those good moments in it um, and all those good character moments in it that you um, uh, have the impact on, especially if someone knows the characters from canon itself. I think they have even um, more impact to uh, the reader than if you just uh, know vaguely about uh, the DC universe. Yeah, like, it, it was quite cool seeing, um, I'd say like, that, like the Super Sons, John and Damien, again, especially considering where until John is at, at the moment so to see them again in this series and then where they go in like sequel series like Dead Planet and whatever and and again it, it's some really like fun ideas of like legacy in that sense and of course maybe fun it might not be quite the right word in in some areas with um some of what happens but it, it, it's very entertaining yeah especially um for me it was the moment uh for black canary um where um hal ollie and her uh were camping this was a great moment uh as well like um this i mean it could happen in actual canon but it uh uh i i don't think it would stick forever and here it's uh such a big moment uh for the character yeah because it it has that like freedom and and again it's something that i've touched on time and time again in in these episodes i'm talking about comics and in my reviews in general where i love comics which can combine those like high stakes and very like like blockbuster like compelling and thrilling um issues with like so many like great emotional characteristics and moments and like size of life moments like you say when they're just sort of chilling out like going camping the green arrow black canary and green lantern just you know like and and they're just like having fun and then how it's 
uh, I suppose it's maybe maybe some element of that false sense of security when those like scenes happen when like when you're watching a horror movie and you can see that, that everything is like you'll be like introduced to the characters and and you can just tell that something horrible is about to happen to them but you're not quite sure what yeah exactly um uh, i remember well uh, i say that it was only last night but when i read some of the when i was looking on that the reviews and things of the uh, the issues and like, speaking of horror movies and things there, there were some comments wondering why this wasn't a Black Labels series because there are those like horror moments and those moments where it is sort of like disturbing and it's not like overly gratuitous in terms of like gore or anything because it is like because it's not Black Label it's just a normal mainline Disney comic book obviously in an alternate universe but um it still has manages to deliver that um like horror movie feel like foreboding feel without necessarily having to be overly gratuitous because it can just sell you on that with like, the atmosphere and the tone and, and and yeah some of the artwork but it's not um yeah again it's not over the top yeah but there is a lot of blood in there a lot oh, yeah. of blood I, I looked through it today again and yeah it's quite red <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i mean, I mean that's, that's the thing it's like if it was i, I suppose maybe I, I mean i don't know what <laughs> Like, like it, it could easily be. It could have easily been black label if it was just like if they wanted to make it like a bit more like gratuitous because there are those you know, those moments where it, yeah, especially with with all the blood and it doesn't necessarily feel like it has to hold back at, at times for sure. Yeah, I think the most scariest moment for me is when um, a superhero uh, turns. And then you have um, such a mighty um, uh, superhero that turns on you and uh, fights you and you have to fight against uh, those metahumans and that's quite scary. Um, especially this um, um, in the second part of it, um, I found it really um, uh, scary to see uh, who's gonna be um, the one who you fight against. Yeah, because they like like mentioned in the uh, early issues, like some characters that it would be like a nightmare if they were able to turn. Because because yeah, of course you're not just like normal people um, turned into like zombies or, or whatever they are. At least then that's just like a normal person there. They're, they're, I mean, like I don't know, like the Walking Dead or something there. It's not necessarily um, like not anything to worry about, but more of like a nuisance. Where it's like cannon fodder, whereas it, like as you say, if as like superheroes, you want to fight them with the like zombiness, and like they're not going to hold back, and they can use like the full extent of of their powers. It, it's quite cool to see, but it also um, yeah, it, it would just be like terrifying. Yeah. Um, was this at the same time because you mentioned earlier that in, it was good to see Damien and John again um, and I was wondering uh, wasn't Deceased come out uh, at the same time as uh, the Super Sons or did it came out later? It was a bit later so Super yeah. Sons was more like 2016-2017 era although 
they did have a, a Adventures of the Super Sun series, which was from like 2018 to 2019, which like flashed back to their. Uh, oh, oh yeah, so just looking up to confirm, you had Super Sun 2017 to 2018, and then Adventures of the Super Sun, which was like a flashback series after Jonathan aged up in the Bendis run from 2018 to 2019. So, um, but yeah, point being that. But by the time Deceased came out, um, when there's Superman and actually Thomas Runs were in full swing, so like, John was aged up and everything by then, which is, yeah, oh, it, it, yeah, it's okay. Then I understand it's good to see them again because I didn't know that it came out later. Uh, I thought it came out around the same time. Yeah, so that... uh, and, yeah, and also just generally. Um, like I suppose even more so reading it nowadays. Uh, yes. Um, I, I don't know if you have any particular um, much experience with, with, with the characters, but uh, if you do, I don't know what you think of the um, whole, whole situation with him and it being aged up. Um, I haven't read uh, the uh, Bendis run. I only, I think I have read the last uh, of uh, his run, um, the last... Uh, trade of it where um connor kent uh came back to the uh, super family and that was uh, actually a cute story um but uh i know that um, um john was aged up and i think it's sad that he did it because there were so many uh stories out there with him as a kid that were really fun and I read the Super Sons and this is actually a really fun series and could have lasted longer but um, I also understand that um, just aging John back wouldn't fix the problem about those two uh, or about the Super Sons or about John himself and that they try to um, make it work um, is actually something I like to read about. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think it, it's always an interesting argument when it gets um, when that the conversation about it happens because uh, I, I mean, yeah, there was so much potential with him, and in the in in like the coming years and the next few years, Damien will be like twenty years old. 20 years since his first appearance I should say um, and he's only aged like a few years since then in that time and of course, of course we don't need to belabor the point about like timelines and aging comics but I, I read the early issues of the like Superman run when it, it was first starting and I've got to be honest I did enjoy um what uh, what I read of it I, like it's all that like the issue seven to fifteen that sort of thing, and again like I did enjoy it. I don't really like the decision to edge him up to, to say the least, but I, I thought it was the actual like stories were, were entertaining anyway. Yeah, and it it definitely helps that um even Rice was was on art for those issues because his art is like really really cool, really awesome. So and and. Back in that run, Superman's identity was revealed to the world, and then, and then recently, that was um, like reset and, and and undone and sort of put back in the bottle. To and so it, it's something that hopefully for um, 
we'll, we'll have to see what happens with John. And maybe by the time this airs, if we're lucky, he, he might be um, have returned. And I know I've seen some people speculate that it could be a like Supergirl and Power Girl situation where you have like the like the Supergirl version of Kara Zor-El and the I don't even know what she is these days, but it's complicated. But the the, the old, like Power Girl version of the of the character, which is sort of slightly different, has a slightly different costume because of comics. Uh, I haven't read the Superman uh, first from Williamson. I um, but I heard good things about it and saw that it's um, uh, people like it. Uh, but I have it at home, so I will read it uh, in the next month. Um, but uh, I must say, or I say that um, for um, one thing I think was good from Bendis was that uh, Superman um, was the one who says, yeah, I'm Clark Kent as well. And uh, that you could have um, worked with that. And I think to um bring it back to have his secret identity is okay but i wouldn't say it was necessary it was something i enjoyed that he didn't have a secret identity anymore and that there had could have been good stories with it yeah i think it speaks to the idea about how i mean so like aging john up isn't an idea that I would probably ever be interested in uh, like from a conceptual standpoint but if it was and of course this is subjective but if it if I felt like it was done better and I know lots of people that sort of uh, have the same sort of feeling and, and some people again some people like it so if that's that's fair like to each your own um, I'm glad but it, it would probably be a, an easy appeal to swallow if it's if some people like me like thought it was executed better because it feels very like cheap in a way it was how it was done and how that trauma hasn't well at least to the to the, the day of recording hasn't been explored and because again recently as of recording the new series with him by Tom Taylor started Adventures of Superman John Kent, which promises a confrontation with Ultraman, which might actually address some of the, the trauma that he he suffered. But it, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot done uh, that's been done with it on that end, apart from just wanting John to be older. And uh, again, with, with like that, the identity thing, I don't necessarily... Um, uh, think it's a bad idea under the right circumstances I, I quite like it and think it's a nice idea but um, maybe the uh, there was some more something that was like maybe done with it more or like, executed um yeah as you say it, there's just lots of ideas those are sort of the two main ideas in a bit of era that in my opinion at least had lots of potential and could have been interesting if executed in a well, better in the inverted comments, but at least in a way that I liked more, and then it would be would be more interesting. But apart from that, and again, that's not to sound like entitled in any way, but um, <laughs> because of course it's just this is all just subjective anyway, because it doesn't matter. No, nobody should care about what I, what I want, but just in terms of like voicing an, an opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
it's the same for me. It's just my opinion. But I think uh, aging up someone is always um, a bad idea. I think it's never good, especially if you don't need it. And TV shows, I understand it because working yeah. with... Uh, with kids is harder than actually working with teenagers or grown up. So if they do the trick, I understand it because there's a reason behind it. But with comics, I'm not so sure. I mean, sure, you can write um, different stories if someone is grown up and you have to carry um, a child um, also um, in stories and can't leave it alone and then you have to think about what you do with uh, a kid john or um and it's different if you have a story with the grown-up john but actually i'm not a fan of aging up anyone but i'm also not so keen about to say okay this is a new writer now we reverse everything uh, everyone did before and um, set it back to zero because then there is no progression at all and this is the same with the secret identity this is why I liked um, or I not that happy about uh, reverse it because you just set uh, the status back to zero and have no progression and it's the same as you just said um, if we have John uh, and if he's aged up then you should uh, tell a story about it impacted him and it, it impacted his family. I mean, there are small situations where it was addressed, but it was not um, never a big thing or anything. It was just in some issues you had it um, mentioned, like in the Superman-Robin issue in that one shot or in the Nightwing uh, Superman Son of Kal-El um, crossover, yeah. which was actually pretty good. I liked that very yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm not necessarily a like stickler for um continuity like like some people, so like to be, to be honest, like, like I mentioned, I don't necessarily I don't like the idea of aging John up at all, but I, I am like genuinely probably more annoyed that it, it wasn't done as maybe like as been utilized or done it as interesting as um I, I would have liked because. It is more, where it is more like of a problem with me that if something isn't executed well, then the idea itself, especially and this sort of like touches on points that I've sort of mentioned many times before, so I won't spend too long on this like tangent of a tangent, but how when something is announced, and especially these days when it's announced like three months in advance or whatever, maybe even longer and sometimes there's like an instant reaction to it especially on places like twitter which sort of thrive on the like outrage and how things escalate and if it's literally just an idea then there might be like many months of um like speculation and like uh like discourse around before even the issue comes out and then if the issue comes out and it's actually executed well then to me at least that's the main thing that matters that might that probably won't be the same thing for everyone but as long as you just sort of see like how it goes and and yeah I don't know, it's, it's a really sort of tricky and like nuanced 
discussion to talk about because again as you say with like film it, it does make sense to retire the actors when they like an end game and they sort of retired Iron Man and Captain America and um and then like this year with the um Shazam sequel and how they the the whole thing about I didn't really think about before someone mentioned it but the idea is that of they can't do too many Shazam movies and maybe we won't get any more with the with the, the James Gunn and Peter Safran reboot coming up with all of that but even if that wasn't coming up they, they there would come a time when like all the kids would like age out of their roles and so it wouldn't really work anymore so that becomes a, a whole thing because then because the, the whole thing of like kids turning into adult superheroes and if you do it in live action and the kids grow out of their roles then yeah it's a whole thing yeah no uh you're you're right about that the you are set into a certain time frame with um superhero movies or uh, movies in general um but i mean with comics you can draw anything you like i mean sure there are also boundaries that you can't cross but um you have way more freedom to do what uh, you think is right and especially if you um the good thing about um comics and the bad thing as well is as you mentioned you have so many so much time in between each issue and you have so much time between the announcement and the ex actual uh, comic coming out uh, that there's so much room for speculations and I love speculations and I love reading all the theories about um, how um, John gets back to be a kid again or uh, other theories out there and uh, this is something about the hobby that I really like but on the other um, hand you have um, the problem with it that it could be um, getting out of hand that uh, people get worked up about it too much and uh, getting angry and um, getting angry against uh, creators and there is a certain point where I would say yeah no that's that's too much that something that uh, shouldn't happen yeah and uh, again as i sort of mentioned before it's a tough balance because there are times when writers are no okay to make it in no one's deserving of like hate being thrown at them or like people being like because they can be very aggressive over the internet but there are times when the criticism is absolutely and 100 like valid and especially if it's something that's like problematic or the writer's done something horrible or or if they've just or, or if they're on the more like nicer end if they're like the legitimate um if something's like being written like like really weirdly out of character or, or, or whatever because it's sort of a scale where um then that's sort of fine but when but when like especially with how like solicits and previews and all of that are, are often like sensationalized and There can be like covers that are like misleading, or it's a whole thing again. Yeah, yeah. But what I noticed today, to get a bit off topic or to the topic again, um, I've seen and deceased all those great covers in the back that were variant covers of the um, uh, of horror movies, and it's 
actually um, pretty yeah. great. They, they're awesome. Uh, my favorite is the one um, from um, It uh, with Robin and Joker. It's just uh, cool to see. Yeah, I remember first seeing that, and it, it, it's so cool that, yeah, that, uh, I mean, I mean we, we mentioned it being very soft horror movie, like in some senses, to, to have like literal horror movie and variants and have them like so like well illustrated there's such fun margins with like the the title fonts that of course like like fit together with the 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 horror movie that they're referencing and the the, because i think they they must have done them for the sequels as well but uh i don't know I don't, yeah, I can't remember for sure now I think about it. But, but let's I mean, have a look. I, I have, yeah, they did it on the uh, sequels as well. Um, uh, you mentioned... uh, yes. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah I, I think, sorry, the last couple of them looking on, yeah, so I mean, for Deceased Dead Planet, they were, um, I think they were just like sort of like general movie homages rather than like horror movie ones. So, it's slightly different, but it's still cool to have like movie homage covers from the posters, even if they're not like strictly horror movie ones. Oh yeah, you're As- right. There are not horror movies. Is is it a especially when genre? especially when the when the the covers there the posters they're homaging are like DC movies, so it's like a full circle moment because they have like the like Shazam and Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, I think and. So, so it's sort of like a if it comes to see a dead planet. Like You're the, right. Like the, mm, uh, they're all uh, they're all from uh, DC movies. Uh, the that's what uh, ties them together. Because I was wondering if they have a certain genre like the horror movies in the uh, from Although, the first mm, DC. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that as well. But then uh, issue one is Blade Runner, so. It's it's not quite a like perfect like complete set, but it's still cool. Yes. Uh, what you mentioned earlier that you looked in the shop while the first issues came out. Did you see those variant covers there as well, or did you see them later? I, I'm not sure. I, I I can't remember to be honest. I think I definitely remember seeing the like extra covers, extra copies of them, just sort of out about on like shelves and and things in, in months to come um, like around that time after they came out. But I'm not sure if they're the ones that I first saw when I was reading the series. And I think to like get back to Deceased more specifically, it's something that I, I really love about it and how like simplistic it is, both in terms of the actual book itself, but initially I'm just talking about the, like, like the covers and the trade dress when, so the first issue has a like really cool Greg Capullo cover, and it's just like Batman, um, so like fighting against like I guess the zombie SWAT people with like the like orangey, not not orange. Why do I say orange? Like browny, so like dark coloured like light background of like deceased and like big red letters, and the end in red of everything starts here, and then those other words in black, and it, it they like it was really striking. And it like really pops, and so it, it's definitely something that would catch your eye when you're sort of if you're like looking at just like at a shelf at a distance. I would assume, and it's something that I, I remember that compelled me so much 
when I first saw the issue, it was like, oh, like this this looks really cool. It's like I need to check this out because it immediately looked like unique and exciting and and different. And even though I'd only been again been reading single issues and collecting them for like I don't know a year a year and a half, and reading the comics were a bit longer than that, it, it was still it felt like so cool to. I, I can still like appreciate that it was an alternate universe, because but and yeah, it, yeah. It, it, as we sort of talked about earlier, it's, it's just so fun to see the again like that the freedom he has and just the amount of like creative like freshness and energy and again uniqueness present. It feels so like exciting and yeah, all, all of that. Yeah. Um. May I ask you? Uh. Are you someone who likes variant covers uh, or would get a variant cover if you like um, the artwork of it? Nowadays, it's, it's something that my stance on it is that I tend, it tends to be something that I will pick up instead of, not sorry, not instead of, as well as the, the main cover, if I'm guessing it. Because there used to be a time when... Um, when I, I would maybe like get a variant cover if it was like really nice, in addition to the the main cover or, or before I um like realized do because like my, my comic there was a time when my comic store was, was like you know you can like specify if you just want the main cover and we won't give you any variants because sometimes if they didn't have enough of cover A they would put in a variant now and it, it was like it's nice especially because they'd often be good or it's fine but it is nice to have they like a complete run if you have a complete run it's nice to have it like completely unbroken in terms of a colors at least for me anyway yeah so it, it's something that it tends to be if i'm going to get a variant cover it's hopefully something that i like really love like like say like you mentioned the the x one that, that that's really cool and more importantly it tends to be it needs to be something that i want to have on display like framed on my wall because and and again it, I know lots of people um what well, I'm about to say lots of people do this so it might more power to you and all that but I don't really like the idea of just buying a variant cover and then like, putting it in one of my boxes and never seeing it because I don't really like see the point when if I have the choice between buying like two copies of the same comic and different covers and like two different comics if they if they're both going into my box anyway I'm not I'm not really going to look at them like physically then I'd rather at least get two original stories because otherwise like you, you buy a variant cover because of the art so if you just have it in the box why you, you you can't see it at all then um yeah, yeah. what's and, the point yeah yeah and, and it's, it's it's funny it's something that came up at the you mentioned not me, not here, but on your comics to get to know me list, you have the Williamson Robin run, and the like early issues of that had some gorgeous very covers by yeah. Francis Manipal, who I, oh. I was very honoured to, yeah, I was very honoured to interview, and it, it, it was quite fun because I, I picked up the first few few variants of those because I, I loved them before. Uh, of course, I, I couldn't pick up all, all of them because it was. It, it turns out it's expensive buying two copies of the same issue every month. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it, it, it was quite nice because it, it 
at the start of that conversation, we uh, I can't remember how we got onto it now I think about it, but I must have mentioned about the those like variant covers and it, it sort of broke the ice a bit because we were able to like talk about like his experience like making those covers and, and it's something that over the like pandemic like 2020 2021 when I was at home I bought like a lot of frames for my bedroom like so many and I just had them the so much wall space was like taken up by like cool covers and like comics that meant a lot to me that just all framed everywhere and just, it was like a whole thing that it was quite fun and then in, in recent years it's been more toned down so I have like less just sort of some like above my desk and above my bed but um those were definitely ones that I I, I had on display and it's like I've only ever bought one one in 25 variant and, and it's just because like like I loved it so much I just wanted to um like, like frame it and it, it was something that we had to like specifically my parents it was like a birthday present a few years ago so my parents like specifically ordered it from america and there's like store this online store there because it, it was something that because it was an indie series so not many places um were ordering 25 copies so yeah. it was like issue three or four or whatever it was to get the one yeah. in 25 so we had to sort of like pay a bit more because it was one in 25 and pay a bit, obviously pay a bit more for postage from america so it, it it was um yeah it, it, but it is it, it's good though it's a great cover Commanders in Crisis one of the yeah like issue three or something from Image Comics so a, a great fun series great fun cover because yeah. it was like a retro one and I, I love yeah. those sorts of covers well that's that's so cool and to display them uh, in your bedroom that's that's also a really good idea um it took me a yeah. long time to understand the um what it meant uh, 1 to 25 or something yes. because uh, first off um i just sent an email to my comic shop and said i want this this and that but if uh, you don't get it doesn't matter i take cover a and i just send in every single one of them and i didn't think about that one to 25 wouldn't be uh, available and later on i um understood ah okay you have to buy 25 copies of that to get this one uh in particular and that's why they're so pricey um because when you look in the solicitation um you just see that they're on the same um they have the same cover price but that's yeah that's not the actual yeah. price of it so i was wondering why they're so expensive and then okay now it all makes sense because you have to buy so many other issues to get this one yeah and, and it's annoying because i don't know how often i do this i haven't had much experience with it since because i haven't really been interested in um buying many variants but there was one for marvel voices pride 2021 must have been where there was like a specific i didn't really like the main cover of that issue so there was like a specific variant cover that i w wanted to order so i asked my lcs if they could please order it for me and it didn't say on solicitation at least originally that it's gonna be one in 25 so i think they just sort of put the order through and they thought it was fine and then when it when it came to release and they they didn't get in late i was so like curious why why not and the guy was like, oh well it's sort of equally confused because he put in the order like for the final final order cut off another thing that's always um confusing and fun to 
think about with inside the community in terms of ordering but and and then he I was like oh and then he saw in the system that it was like oh it's a one in 25 and I was like oh weird and it didn't like say that before and then and I, I looked on other places like on the league and um other places and it yeah it said one in 25 so it just must have been something that was like updated on not revealed at first which is kind of annoying but oh well not the end of the world by far yeah i i like where it comes but i know the struggle to do you want to get just one a or one b cover because you want to have it unbroken or uh do you don't you care and if you get it for the art or if you get two copies of it and one for the series and one for the art um you you like to look at look at it and how do you look at it and but if you do display it you need um special um covers for it because um you don't want to have the sunlight on the um comics for too long so yeah it's it's not easy to to find your own way with it and i understand everyone who says nah variant covers just mean more money so i i don't buy any of them yeah i mean it's like when it's like sunny days in the summer and my mom's like oh shut your curtains because otherwise like, the framed comments on my wall are going to like hopefully they won't wear out but you know it's something that i guess that um Like, that's something to be worried about over like many years at least over a longer time frame yeah oh yeah and it's like just looking at my collection and it's like filtering my brain covers and i've seen some of them they're like the uh, amazing fantasy 1000 that released so sort of late last year i didn't like the main cover of that and so i, I managed to get the, the peach momoko variant which was really nice and oh, it, that's there cool. was a fun yeah and, and there was a fun um, with the the Venom by Johnny Cates and Ryan Stegman run that ran from 2018 to 2021 for the final issue, I I really liked the 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 cover of the final issue, but there was a like variant cover by the series artist Stegman that like homaged issue one, so I was like okay I like I have to like get this I don't even own the like the uh, the, main, the main cover for that because I just think it's really cool how it sort of completely um like homage as she wants is in the same pose and and, and then that there was one where i bought i i got i've got like i think the most i have of one issue is four copies of like giga number one from vault comics it's looking okay. on here from end, end of 2020 because i i got the like the cover a uh, a signed version of the cover a that was just um ordered from forbidden planet it's like uk online store place and then i got cover b and then there was also a like second printing that was also like a deluxe foil um variant and because like the original um cover has a blue sky in the background but the like second printing has like a night sky in the background and like lots of stars in the sky and it's really gorgeous and what's cool is that on the the foil um edition it's actually sparkly so the stars on it actually like, like sparkled and uh, I, i thought that was really cool it was a, it was quite expensive considering compared to the like original the other covers but uh, i don't know it's just worth it i thought and so so just just, just to like conclude this like um 
many tangent within a tangent within a tangent. There, there, there was there was one I wanted to highlight where the Empire Aftermath Avengers where Wiccan and Hulk playing Billy Kaplan and I mean yeah Ted and Teddy get Teddy Altman get married. Um, there's the like the original copy version which is the the main cover where, where the, all the superheroes including them are in their like costumes and then but then when i went, went to like pick that issue up because i asked them to put an issue aside for me they i got i got the version where the, the very where they're like no one's in costumes so they're all in like nice suits and everything including again billy and teddy and it's like a really nice and um, a really cute variant and uh, I later realised that it was actually a secret variant, where it's one of those weird things where it's not listed as like a particular ratio at all. Like it's not necessarily, it, at least it's not explicitly advertised as one in ten or one in twenty-five, etc. But they just sort of like like slip it into like for, for every like t- ten orders, they might they might slip in like yeah. a secret variant or or whatever. I don't know the exact numbers, but um, it's, so it's quite fun finding out that it, it might have been something that was a bit rare and maybe something that I'd have to have paid a bit more for if I if I, if I wanted to like specifically buy it or on me what it was so it just sort of happened by by chance that that was a cover I got which was, was really nice yeah that sounds cool uh and it's it's really awesome that you got it so because it was not guaranteed guaranteed to get it um the, yeah. the secret issue or variant yeah yeah I, I don't know what Uh, I suppose you've sort of mentioned a bit about variant colors, but if you've got anything more you want to say about them before we move back to Ceased. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, um, I mean, um, what's uh, to say about Deceased? Um, It's it's a cool um, comic and you can easily get it in a trade or in a hardcover. So it was really fun to read. Yeah, I, I think that there's so I think there's a couple of things um that I just sort of noted down to if I, if I wanted to mention when um before we start to wrap up with we, we talked a bit about the oh at least our, yeah about the, the there is a lot, a lot of blood in, in terms of like the, the some of the violence but I, I mean I'm interested to hear what you thought of the the art style in general because as, as I was re re as I was rereading it yesterday I quite liked how the art has a it, it has a very dirty feel to it. It's very like visceral, uh, like it feels like cinematic, but it, it does also have that very like grounded and not necessarily like gritty as in like dark and gritty, like but more it it, it just feels very like real and it, it feels like um like a really nice balance between like animated and dynamic but still like grounded uh yeah um the art is really good so um you can uh it has so uh, good outlines where you can feel that uh, everything is a bit moving or you have at least a feeling to it that uh, it's moving and um uh, it's not my favorite uh, type of artwork, uh, uh, honestly. That's fair, but yeah. but um, it's a good artwork, and uh, I think it's fitting the story. Yeah, yes. Some of the um, faces sometimes look a bit sort of wonky. Is maybe the only way to describe it, and that's not necessarily um, 
a bad thing or too big a deal again personally because I think uh, it sort of works for the the, the story but it is uh, I'm not sure uh, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see how because um, I don't think I've read much of that I should say I should say Trevor High scene hair scene is the the pencil of Stefano um, Gaudino, I mean, sorry, and on um, inks and rain burrito on colours. Sorry, I haven't pronounced those right. And on cider, Tomo Fonti on, on on letters, um, and that's not as well another thing where the um, it, it's quite cool when the like caption boxes and the like, title screens and the, some of the, the dollar boxes have they. Like, I, I know at least on that like, the first. Um, issue at least is subtitled going viral so the title page for that the, the logo for going viral has a very has like the lots of like spots and things to like simulate like a like, like a disease growing or whatever which is just always a nice touch yeah um you mentioned uh the faces uh i thought it was um uh the only complaint about i had uh besides that they're sometimes were wonky were that uh I thought that Damien and John were quite similar um, and that you couldn't tell them apart besides from what they were wearing or uh, how they wear their um, hair or something. But otherwise it was, uh, um, you could tell everyone else apart. And um, yes, the um, lettering is uh, interesting because uh, you have so different styles for uh, different um, um, um sentences so if it's something like um the main um narration was i think um was typed uh, like it was written on um old um um parchment uh, yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. as well yes um so uh it was really uh well done in my opinion yeah and uh, if you remember uh what did you think of the art in well sorry i mean like the art change in the, the first issue because i don't know why this was done particularly i don't know if it was like a scheduling thing or um a specific stylistic thing but because there's like a period in the first issue where in the middle of it where it like switches to james harron and someone else and it's like it's great art i love that style but they're just sort of so different. It's it's slightly jarring because that's because the I mean that the, the main art style is like I said much more like grounded and etc. Whereas this is very like um, James Harron's art is much more like stylized and, and animated in in that sense and and like like cartoony. But of course, it, at least in my but he's personally like in a in a good way. Like I love that style, but it, it just. Uh, I just always curious why it um was done like that because it's not like he 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 comes back at all later in the series. It's like the only time that Harren does the art on the series is in those like middle pages in the first issue. My my guess would be that it was a scheduled thing that they wanted to bring the issue out of time because, like you said. Mm. Um, there is no other particular reason why you see it, but um, um, I almost didn't notice it. Um, hmm. I think it was well done because it was uh, also on um, a skip of the um, narration. They were at one hmm. point first, and then uh, they changed the setting, and um, yeah, exactly. there was 
Yeah. And so it was okay. But you can see that it's a different artist. And um, I think that style wouldn't fit for the whole story as the main um, artist uh, has fit to that story. So, but I think they, if it was really because of um, uh, the schedule, they have uh, covered up it very well. Yeah, it's, it's fun when writers can like, sort of take advantage of that uh, artist change if it like needs to happen like uh, as you say with like the setting change and it, it would be a uh, it would be a, yeah a different story if it was all done in that style and yeah it's always fun at least again when i know that thinking of examples where in like, the philip kennedy johnson actually comics were like, when he was on war world i think there was a time when they they had like a different artist for an issue, but he made like a flashback issue, so it, it would sort of serve the story. Or like a Batman Superman World's Finest, where each uh, every six issues, um, Dan Moore has a has a break issue, and um, someone else does the the art for that issue, but it's it's not part of the main story. It's like a standalone in between arcs, or like with Tim Drake Robin when they had that issue where it's like the main art at the start of the issue that frames it and then Tim Drake, otherwise the disappointed name, gets knocked out and then wakes up and he's in like a different art style and then it goes back to the normal one at the end. So, so yeah, it's cool when it can be utilised at least. Yes. Uh, I When I think uh, about utilising different art styles, um, the Justice Incarnate came to mind uh, from Williamson. Right, yeah, where that's true. It was many artists on that uh, book but mm. they actually uh, made it fun to read because it was every time uh, another universe where another art style was in and yeah. it, it was a bit much it could have been a bit less but on the other hand it was really fun to have every time another an artist for another universe and see all those different art styles yeah as a final thing probably we sort of mentioned the narration, but did you have any particular thoughts on it? Did you think it was too um, over sort of expository at times? Because I, 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 I thought it did the job well and, and definitely reinforced the. I think it, it it played into the atmosphere nicely with the like um, with the narration in terms of like setting the scene and and providing that. Like if you're watching a movie and they would have that like, narration to add to it so it, I think it was a nice way of delivering some information but I, I, I don't I'm, I haven't particularly seen this so I don't know but I can just imagine that some people might have thought it was um, maybe too like too exposition or um, I don't know I, I, I don't think it was it's too bad but I was just curious what you thought um, I actually never thought about that so I would say it wasn't too much <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean it. It's um, in every issue many times, or sometimes it's over a whole page or something. And yeah, I can see that others might not like that. But um, for me, it was fine. It was uh, not something that uh, uh, catched my eye. So uh, from my perspective, it was a good narration. That's good then. Yeah. Do you have? Um, much else to say. I'm not sure if I have anything else to say apart from maybe go read 
and to see his Sunday, we, we would both recommend it. I, I guess the only other thing would be, have you read any of the other sequels or spin-offs that they've released since, or just the main series? Because I've I've read Unkillables, which was the spin-off, which is three issues, and then the first couple of issues of Dead Planet, but I, I decided to wait wait for the trade on that, and then uh, on the, the third one, it's like War of the Undead Gods or something, so I haven't, I've read a couple of the um some of the extra issues like here and there but I, I haven't really dived that much into the extended universes been expanded uh, i have uh read uh, all of them at least those who are available on print uh there i have seen on the leak that there are some issues that were special issues uh at the time and there those are not in trades and uh those i didn't get or didn't read but um the other ones who are in trade are uh i have read and um i say that the Unkillables is maybe the best uh, book of the whole series. Uh, I enjoyed that very much, even more than the first uh, book. Um, and with Hope at World's End, I liked it very much, but it has so many great moments in it why I liked it and so many uh, moments with characters I like and um, especially with the Bad Family or with other characters um, and that's why I uh, like it. But uh, when I think about it, it's not something you would have to read for the main series or uh, that is important for it or um, that uh, sometimes even um, the scenes you get in that are not quite fitting to the main story. At least for me, it was hard to think of some situations and fit them in in the main stories because um, there are many uh, smaller stories that happened at the time of the first uh, story arc. And I, I like that, but it, it kind of seemed off a bit. Yeah, because... I think Hope at World's End was was the one like, like the digital one when they released them first digitally and then collected them. I think wasn't it where they it was more like big nets of various things that were going on in the universe. And then yeah, uh, like you said, I absolutely loved Unkillables. I remember being really into that, and and part of it was it was quite cool to um uh, after. Like, like, like checking out the, the main series and enjoying that to then be able to but in a collected edition i should say i should say to then be able to like pick up one of the deceased series in like single issues i was fully in and like the cover is like so cool of like unkillables are like nice like vibrant sort of like explosive energy to them i remember they were uh, i remember them being like glossy i don't you know like issues like they were like thick, thicker issues that were. Um, and I think they just. I remember them like generally feeling like a, a nice production quality, and yeah, it was just really fun how they added something more and gave it more of that expanded universe feel, like utilizing what was already established to tell the stories and like different characters that didn't get focused in the the main series because that is like quite a tight pacing of like six issues where. And so to the yeah, to focus on like the villains and some of that, some like anti heroes like Red Hood and um and also just like looking up Uncannibals on Google, it's it's cool to see that they did some more horror movie ones 
for Unkillable as well. Like the first issue had um, it chapter two as a homage variant, so it's cool to the parallel how the original deceased had um, it the first it as the um, homage. So that, that's really cool. And yeah, as you say, it's not necessarily something that, unlike the sequel, which is obviously probably going to be more um, like necessary to read to continue enjoying the the book and Killables was like a really fun side thing to like check out and yeah I, I remember really enjoying it it's just something I have to revisit someday especially if as we talked about hopefully they release a nice omnibus of it all yes yeah I'm pretty sure uh, that omnibus is on the way it just takes years to come let's hope so it's always fun when it's a new omnibus announced that you weren't expecting necessarily but um you're sort of like willing you want to pick up anyway like at the time of recording this morning there was a detective comics by um written by peter tomasi omnibus which i was not in any way expecting at all and maybe i should have been given how he already has um two omnibus with patrick gleason out and another one and another one with him coming and then um so, so, so DC are obviously putting lots of his works in on the burst, but it, it was it was just like it, it was a really fun run, and from what I read anyway, and some of it I didn't read, so it'll be fun to get to experience it like all in one, and because it's not something that I necessarily hear a lot of people talk about, like it wasn't like groundbreaking, so it's not necessarily something that's going to get like the highest praise, but uh, I thought it was like pretty good and pretty entertaining. Um, at least, and uh, I think I have a soft spot for it because, again, like a bit like Deceased, it was the sort of run that started in that like 2019 era when I was like first getting into comics and like properly into um, like, like Scott Snyder's Justice League run was in like full swing, and I was absolutely loving that. And yeah, just to sort of get off, a bit off track again with that sort of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, so you like uh, omnibuses. Uh in general um or because yeah, uh, yeah for my perspective it's uh, omnibuses are cool that they collect everything overrun and that you can read it and have like a reading list but um i think it's quite hard to read uh with the printed version of it because you have to find a way to read it that it's comfortable and if the um, omnibuses get too uh, thick then it's um, hard to find a good way to read it but on the other hand if it's not too much i uh, really enjoy them especially i have uh with thaga um those um hardcover books uh where oh yeah the first three um, stories and this is uh, an amount of book size where I say okay that's okay everything that is more would be too much for me personally yeah that's that's completely understandable it's where it's nice when I have my book stand that my I think my mum got me for Christmas a few years ago because I was I was reading an omnibus in bed and sort of like awkwardly like balancing it like on my knees and it, it, it was it was the whole thing, and so she sort of saw like the um how also awkward it was, and and it bought me like a nice like book stand for it that I've had ever since. It's incredibly invaluable, and especially when I um buy like more and more omnibus. And uh, yeah, of course they're also something to consider that they're quite expensive. So when I um do have the money, it's nice to get them. But of course you can't 
by everything, including like massively, sometimes massively oversized like omnibus that are um, yeah, quite expensive. In addition to all the other comics things and um, unfortunately non comics things that you have to end up buying or, or to buy. Yeah, I mean you have to pay a huge amount uh, at uh, one point of time in uh, instead of all those single issues but on the other right, hand yeah. you really get uh, many issues for a smaller yeah. price as if you would buy them uh, single issue by single issue yeah so yeah I uh, I don't think now properly that there's much else I have to say uh, do you have anything else more to say apart from that thank you for coming on uh, no no um, I think I have everything said about uh, deceased and many things about comics. I mean, about comics, there is way more to say, but it's not necessary mm. to oh, yeah. say them um, all at in in one um, talk. So no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have to have you um, back on at some point to talk about uh, Young Avengers and if, if you're still interested in that sort of thing because that would be fun and as you say we can yeah, lead into more comics talk in like, future episodes which would be fun if you're up for that yeah that, that would be nice that would be nice so. yeah just, uh, apart from that thank you again for um, coming on and have a nice rest of your evening yeah thank you for having me it was really a pleasure Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics.gmail.com. Additionally, if you need any back issues, ratio variants, core variants, or just anything in general, cool stuff to do with comics, you can check out the website for Beaders Thingamajiggets, the comic book store in Fort Collins, Colorado, that most of these comics worked at. And use Joe Loves Comics at checkout to get 15% off. I don't get any money for that, it's just a cool thing for you to use if you want to yeah, check out their site and if you see anything that you like. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Talks Comics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Loves Comics, where we can continue talking comics. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.